Praise the Lord. Go, go with me to Proverbs 6, and uh, I'll say a few things before we get over to that scripture, but uh, before we do, let's go ahead and pray, and let's get in faith this morning and believe God for uh, direction and for whatever He wants to take place in the rest of the service. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much today. Oh, you're a good God. You're a faithful God. Thank you for your hand of blessing upon us. Lord, we do ask you now for the word for the hour the message for this time. Thank you for grace, for truth, for impartation of everything that we need. Lord, may each person have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that are open and receptive to all you would do, all you would say. We receive it now. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to begin a new series of messages this morning. Okay, everybody ready for a new series? I still like the old series a whole lot, and but you got to move on eventually. And uh, if you missed the last series, you missed half your life already. And so you might want to go catch up. But uh, today I want to begin, and the new series is called How to Go Broke. Okay, uh, I like to every now and then do how-to messages. And, uh, and so we want to give you specific instructions Something that you can put into operation today. How to go broke. Okay. Now, obviously, most of you uh, already recognize this as being a reverse message. Okay. Uh, knowing that you do the opposite to get the opposite results. But nevertheless, I must uh, have a few words for the few stranglers out there that are still in the, in, in the broke category. And I don't mean your wallet, I mean in your thinking, okay? There are a few people out there today still that are not sure if broke is good. Uh, and, the, and they were sure until they got saved. And then they came to church and they thought, well, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Maybe God in His mysterious ways is somehow using broke in my life to perfect me. Okay, let me start from the top. Broke is bad. All right. Broke is bad. Poverty in the Bible is a curse. It is never, ever a blessing. Never does the Lord want you to be in poverty. He does not ever want you to be broke. Okay? Enough said? Can we move on? <laughs> okay, if you're still hanging out there and oh, I'm not sure about that, I've really got to tell you that's another message, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time proving to you that God doesn't want you broke, but go ask your heathen friends, because they know. It's usually only when people get into church that they start questioning some of the simple things like, is sickness good? Can you say, duh? Huh? But I tell you what, you ask that question to, to uh, uh, you get a group of ministers together, you're going to have an all-day event debating the theology of, is sickness good or bad? Man, ask your two-year-old. Have them explain. Sickness is bad. Broke is bad. All these things, they're never good, and God's not mysteriously working something out in your life. Man, whatever, okay? 
Let's come back to this. Let's just think level-headed, straight-headed, and, uh, and understand how these things work. Okay, so how to go broke. Obviously, if we understand these, some of these principles, we can apply the opposite and get the opposite result in our lives. But people succeed or fail in life for a reason. It is not mysterious. I don't know how this happened. It, listen, there are very simple, practical reasons why people succeed and fail. It is not something that is out of our control. If we take the position that it is out of our control, the rest of this message, and quite frankly, much of what I teach concerning all subjects, are irrelevant. The, con- the in-control crowd, in other words, God runs the show, God directs everything that happens, what are they thinking coming to church? What are they thinking trying to do better? improve their lives if God's going to have his way no matter what then what are we even doing trying Hmm. and I like to look at some of these things real real logically if someone were to have the position well I think if someone's if someone's wealthy or if someone's in poverty that's really up to the Lord well if you think that you're never going to do anything to change it right but let's just assume that you're right and you went ahead and you pressed in and you were diligent and you were faithful with finances and you used wisdom and finances anyway I don't think God's going to be upset with you you know what I'm talking about if you if you get some stuff he didn't want you to have <laughs> you know it's like uh, I like to use I like to use just simple logic sometimes when dealing with um, with false belief systems okay there's a predominant uh, movement in the northwest that uh, will teach people that things like hell do not exist or it's just a state of mind or whatever it's just for murderers but that basically uh, they would uh, disagree with all of my understanding of God but they wouldn't for a second think that I could miss heaven as a result of it and end up separated from God for eternity yet when I talk to them I say the problem is, if, if you're right, I'm okay. But if I'm right, you're toast. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? And so, just playing the percentages, you might want to go with me. You might want to go with some theology that, you know, that says, hey, you know, I actually have to believe something <laughs> and have to receive something from the Lord. Okay, and so many issues are like that. Uh, I'd rather stay on the side where uh, I'm going to be doing something and not just let whatever will be will be happen, and let's be proactive and so we can get things done. Okay, and so if you want to go broke, we're going to give you some good tools. Um, uh, but 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 people who are broke, they either didn't know what to do. Or they did know what to do and didn't do it. But there are universal laws that govern finance, govern prosperity, and that govern poverty. And it's very important that we take responsibility for where we're at. And these these are kind of preliminary thoughts right here. But if you want to take it in the way that I'm delivering the message, uh, if you want to go broke, it's a good idea to blame everybody else. 
for all your problems. It is it has never been your fault. You know how sometimes people are, are you saying there's something wrong with me? <laughs> Why are people hurt by that? Why do people have hurt feelings with a statement like that? I, I'm just trying to understand people. I'm in the people business and I need to understand that. That just boggles my brain when people take offense to someone saying there's something wrong with them. If there's something wrong with me, would you please tell me? Huh? Not in a critical nature, but if, if I'm doing something wrong, I want to know about that. And especially if this is all up to God and he's going to do whatever he wants to do, then that question is irrelevant anyway. It doesn't matter if I'm good, bad, if I'm doing right or doing wrong, God's, go, God's just going to have his way. But if that's not true and my life is hinged on my response to God and my response to his word and what he says, then I need to know if I'm going the wrong direction. And so I do not take offense to I'm doing something wrong. Praise the Lord. Correction is actually a good thing. You know that? <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, and so we need to ha- have this understanding that uh, our financial lives and how we're doing materially is controlled by us. It is a result of what we do or what we do not do. And so I don't want to join the crowd, again, if I'm wanting to avoid this, I don't want to join the crowd of it's always somebody else's fault. It's the government's fault. It's my employer's fault. It's this person in my family. It's always somebody else did me wrong, and I missed out on this opportunity. They got my promotion, and I got, uh, I got, it got stolen away from me. There's always somebody out to get me. Are you listening? That mentality will keep us poor. That mentality will keep us from ever doing anything because someone's always going to get in the way. And so blame others all the time. Like I said, there are laws that govern this stuff. And uh, an easy way to understand that is, some of you know the scripture in Romans chapter 8 that says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, here's what it didn't say. It didn't say the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has done away with the law of sin and death. Has made it non-operative in the world. No, it simply made us free from it. I want you to know that the law of sin and death is in operation in the world today. From the time of the fall of Adam, this earth has been under a curse. Okay, we got stuff going downhill. You know, all the the storms, the weeds in your yard, (laughs) Uh, all the crazy weather, just a lot of things in our world are a result of the earth being cursed and being under the law of sin and death. Things aren't getting better, they are getting worse unless another law is applied. Okay, we can be rid of or supersede the law of sin and death if we operate in the law of the spirit of life doesn't mean that the law of sin and death is gone it'll be there waiting for us Hmm. in fact this brings up another simple overriding principle if you want to go broke do nothing in other words the law of sin and death will reign in your life Doing nothing or just coasting, things go downhill. Have you figured that out? Uh, Things are going downhill. And if we learn to just go with the flow, 
the flow is going down. Get in the river. Go with the flow. You're going with the current. Things are going to get worse. We've got to counteract the negative flow in the world and do something to make us go upstream. You've got to get a boat with an engine. <laughs> if you want to go the opposite way. Uh, another simple illustration. We see airplanes flying over us all the time. Many, most of us have flown on airplanes many, many times. And, uh, you know, you, you look at a 747 jet. That's a huge machine. Those things weigh hundreds of thousands of pounds, depending on what's in them. And uh, I, you think about that. How in the world does that thing stay up there? That thing is a beast. That thing is heavy. It should just hit the ground, right? Well, obviously, what it's doing, it, it is counteracting the law of weight with a law called lift aerodynamic lift the way the wind travels over the wings and so forth will cause that heavy heavy piece of machine and equipment to float and to fly fly all around the world every day and it's not that weight is non-existent they still weigh a lot gravity is still pulling those things down but they are operating with another law of lift and that keeps that thing in the air and likewise, it is very possible, although we live in a downward sloping world, a world that is set to, uh, you know, if we do nothing, we're going down with it. God has given us the principles and the spirit of life and blessed are we in Christ to operate in that life and we can go up while everything else goes down. Okay, listen, if you were to talk about finances and some people believe in the redistribution of wealth, okay, some in Congress do, yikes, um, they got elected. Wow. Hold on a minute. Okay. Uh, but in other words, if we were to take in our country all of our finances, all of our money, and put them into one pot and redistribute equally, and everyone in the country has the exact same amount of money and wealth and so forth, do you know that it would only be a matter of time? Until all the money is back where it started. Hmm. Because there's a reason for that. And that is because broke or blessed is not dependent on what someone has. It is dependent on the internal characteristics of that person. And when a person has faith and when a person has wisdom and understanding, they're going to get it back again. Okay? That's just the way things work. If you have, you get more. If you don't, you lose what you've got. And so it would serve us well to understand how things work. Take the wisdom of God. Take the spirit of, the law of life in Christ Jesus. And, and, and have these things operating in our lives uh, so we can uh, benefit. Amen. Amen. Let me say something else while we're at it. And don't take this wrong. Uh, don't take this as uh, boasting or anything else. Because I'm not in, in the least bit. If you were to strip us, our family, of everything we had, and we were down to zero, broke, poor, without any material things at all, we would not stay there. Not because we're so, just know everything, no. But I tell you this, I have faith. And I don't know how long it would take, but I know this for certain. Once you know certain things, 
And once you have a certain degree of belief, of faith, there is nothing that can keep you down. And it would only be a matter of time, and I would be blessed again. And I would begin to prosper. I mean, I don't mean I want this to happen. Don't. What, uh, would it be inconvenient? Absolutely. <laughs> wouldn't enjoy it. Don't, don't wish it upon anyone to be knocked down to zero. But here's what this also does. There's no fear. There's no, what if I lost everything? Well, then we'd start from there and go up. Because God would be the same. His word would be the same. The principles and the laws that, it, that he has established in the earth would be the same. And if we know how to, how, to, how to believe, then things will begin changing immediately. Inconvenient? Yes. The end of the world? No. Nothing I need to fear. Praise God. And so when we understand these laws, again, it will help us to operate in what God wants. You know, Jesus pointed to his day uh, in, in Luke 16. He, he pointed to a particular unjust steward. He said that the sons of, uh, he said some of these guys in this age, he said they're more shrewd than the, than the children of, of the sons of light. Okay, I said that a little bit wrong, but you get the point. Uh, but basically, he said some of these people in the world, they're not serving God, but they've got some, some wisdom here. They've got some understanding, some shrewdness when it comes to, to business matters uh, that a lot of people who are saved don't. And can I tell you this? A heathen sinner who's operating in wisdom will be better off financially than a Christian who is operating in foolishness or a Christian who's just ignorant of how things work. Some of these principles, they're simply universal. They're not limited to those who love God. So you can have blood-washed, spirit-filled, sanctified, Bible-toting, word-believing, you know, song-singing, praise-shouting believer really struggling financially really suffering in the financial realm and you got someone who cusses and uh, is rude breaks the speed limit doesn't use his blinker you know whatever <laughs> you know those really bad people <laughs> uh, whatever you got someone who's just living out the world but yet they have some understanding they have some wisdom they will do well in this area doesn't mean they're saved I mean the biggest area of their life might be totally out of whack and that's the most important thing. But they might do well because they're walking in some of these things. Someone said, but, but really, if I just confess every day that I am blessed, and I confess scriptures, and I speak the word of the Lord, doesn't that do the trick? Doesn't that take care of it? No, it doesn't. Is that important? Yes, you should agree with God. Every time he said you're blessed, you say it too. Say, yep, I received that. I'll take that for me. You say it about me, I say it about me. If it looks bad, I say it anyway. It's important to operate in that faith. But listen, if I'm saying that and then violating all the principles that he has laid out in his word, then I'm still going to suffer. Okay? And so understand that that is very, very important. It's hard to prosper. It's hard to uh, get ahead if things are always eaten away at your prosperity. And so over here in Proverbs 6... Everybody there? Uh, we want to begin uh, today taking a look at a couple of these issues. And these are simple, practical steps how to go broke. And so if you want to go broke, get, take some notes. 
Let's begin here in Proverbs 6, verse 1. It says, My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Okay, so what he's talking about here, this is point number one. All right? If you want to go broke, number one, cosign for other people's debt. Put your name on the line for someone else to borrow money. That is a good principle to practice. Get that working in your life on a regular basis. Do it as much as possible so you can experience the greatest degree of poverty in your life. Everybody got it? I want everyone to be clear on that. This is one of the steps you can take if you want to get in trouble. In, in, stay there in, in, in that scripture, but l- listen to this one as well. Proverbs eleven fifteen says something similar. He who is surety for a stranger will suffer, but one who hates being surety is secure. The NIV says it this way. He who puts up security for another will suffer, but whoever refuses to strike hands in, in pledge is safe. Now, usually when you talk about this co-signing or being a guarantor for somebody else, you're usually dealing with people who are not hard-hearted or uncaring, but the opposite. Someone who cares for others, they want to help another person, they want to help someone get out of a jam or, or, or to get something they want, and so they're putting their name on the line to help somebody else get ahead. Okay? And so if you do this or have opportunity to do this and you think man maybe I should do this that's not really a negative sign towards you that something's wrong but probably that you really care about people and you're really a good person okay you really want to help others but the thing thing with that is is you are putting your prosperity on the line whenever you are trying to help someone else and that person very likely does not know how to deal with money Now, now I'm not saying in every case, many cases, they don't. That's why the bank won't give them the money. They're in the business of managing risk. And they look at that person, they say, "Uh uh-uh. I've seen what you've done in the past. I've seen how much money you make, how long you've been on your job. And uh, we like you and everything, but bye. Unless you can bring along someone else who's got sufficient credit history and so forth that will guarantee that we're going to get our money when you don't pay us. Because we've been in business long enough to know that more than likely you're not going to pay us. Yeah, but I just got a new job and and (laughs) things change, don't they? Things change very quickly. But some of us on the uh, the layman side of the financial world, we think, oh, this is this will be fine, this will be good, when the experts are saying, I wouldn't do it. And yet we're going to be smarter than them and say, oh, I'll take care of them, I'll just help them out here. And what that does is, is when, again, when their financial situation turns around, they either blow their money or they lose their job or something happens, they're not able to pay. Not only is their prosperity taking a hit, but so is yours. Now, all of a sudden, they're a drain. And here's another thing that typically happens, is it will wreck your relationship with them. 
Okay? All of a sudden this person who came to you and said, oh, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I mean, don't worry about it. You know me. I mean, I'm good for this. And then a couple months later, they're not good for it. And the creditors are coming to your door and knocking. And how are you going to feel about that person? It's going to divide the relationship. Yeah, but if I don't do it, they're really going to be upset with me. Sometimes in a, in, a, in a relationship, if it's got any weight to it, if it's got any substance to it, it can handle a no. And always we need to re- remember that sometimes, even when you love people, you tell them, you know, I love you, I'd help you out in whatever way I can, but I'm not going to do this. This is not something I can do for you. I don't think this will be wise for you or for me. And I care about our relationship too much to make it hang on a little note here. Okay? And, uh, you know, especially when they wreck that car. (laughs) And then not only you get the bill, you don't get the car either. Yeah. And so so someone said, is there ever a situation where where you think it, it would be all right? Well, I would say it this way. I would remove it from this in this regard. It would still be a a co-signing situation. But uh, if you are willing, not only willing but able, able and willing to buy it for them. Let's say, you know, they want you to help them get a car. And uh, you have the means to make their $500 a month payment. And you're willing to do it. That means you wouldn't feel bad about it at all if you just bought it for them. Then, probably be okay. Sometimes that's true in a parent-child situation. Okay? Where they're in that, they're, they're basically saying, I'd buy this for you, but maybe I'm helping you out, teaching you responsibility, you know, and giving yourself a foothold in the, the way the world looks at money and all this, and you're helping them out in that regard, but you could write a check for it. You could take care and would be willing to do it. And if they fall on their face, you're going you're gonna to pick them back up, help them, help them up, pay it for them, and help teach them. And then, but it's not going to ruin your relationship with them. Okay? There's some exceptions, I think, that, 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 that might, might come in, into play there. But I think it really takes it out of the realm of co-signing for someone because you're, you're willing to do it all. But typically, people don't do it because they're wanting to buy it for them or wanting to help them out to that degree. They're expecting them to pay. And the, the word of the Lord here, the, the scripture we have here is, don't do it. It's a good way to go broke. It's a good way to have some problems. And not only that, but think about it. If, if your life, if you say, man, I am sold out to the Lord. What he says, I, I'm going to do. What he wants, I want. Lord, I am yours. Wherever you tell me to go, I will go. But yet we've got this chain around us. That's tied to someone else's obedience. That's tied to someone else's character and financial health. How am I going to go anywhere and do anything and give whatever I feel like the Lord wants me to give if I've got someone else holding me back and their mistake could undermine everything I do? You know, for example, in, in, in giving, someone, said, uh, someone may feel prompted, I want to give X number of dollars a week or a month to this ministry. Lord, I'm making this commitment to you. I'm going to do this for the next year. And they look at their finances. They, I got enough. I can do that. And this is right. And I'm going to make this uh, pledge to the Lord. I'm going to commit to Him to do this. And then the next month, 
that debt comes due and someone didn't make their payment and all of a sudden you've got to take that X number of dollars and put it over there or you're going to lose your stuff. Then how are you going to honor the Lord with your commitment? So you can see how this can be a very dangerous situation, but if you didn't figure it all out and understand what all the possibilities were, um, you might even look back at Proverbs 6 and see what it says. We stopped in verse 2. He said in verse 3, So do this, my son, and deliver yourself. Deliver myself? Yeah, you're in bondage, man. For you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. And so you are, according to this explanation, the hunted. You are trapped already. And he puts strong emphasis on this. Said, Listen, you got to do whatever you can. Do it now. I don't want you to wait. I want you to do whatever you can do now to get yourself out of that. You made your commitment to that person. You gave them your word that you're going to be there. You need to get out of that. You need to see if they'll let you out of that because this is a dangerous situation for you to be in, for you to be obligated for someone, for someone else when they may or may not do right. Okay? And so we can see that this is a pretty big issue. Here's number two. Ready for number two? Go to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs, the 11th chapter, and the 24th verse. It says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself and so here's the second way to go broke and that is withhold too much you should withhold too much and this is speaking about giving this is speaking about your generosity the scripture said here again that there is one who withholds more than is right now now first let me deal with the the more than is right part okay in other words, there is a right amount to hold, to withhold. This is, what I'm dealing with first here is probably the minority of people. Most people are not at danger at giving too much. Most people struggle on the other side as far as holding back too much and not, not giving too much. But there is a certain amount that you should withhold. It is not, so, someone think, well, you know, if we're receiving an offering and I look in my wallet and, 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 and if, I, if I look in there and I see, well, there's a $100 bill and there's a $20 bill and there's a $5 bill, uh, I might be tempted to give the 5 or the 20 but the Lord would want me to give the 100 Is that true? Maybe is a correct answer. It is not always true that the Lord wants you to give all of it or the greatest portion of it. The Lord may want you to give the five, and that would be sufficient. See, for people, again, this is dealing with people that are very caring and loving and giving and generous. Sometimes they can fall into the trap of giving too much. 
You didn't think you'd hear a pastor say that, did you? <laughs> when I say they, they give too much, well, someone said, well, you can't outgive God, can you? You can outgive your own faith. Yes, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hill, right? And the gold streets, and he's very wealthy. He's the richest guy we know. God has, he's got stuff. You can't outgive him, but where is your faith? And sometimes people motivated by a high pressure offering, motivated by a, by a severe need, they will do more than they are able to handle. And then they will suffer financially as a result of it. Does God want people to not give? No. But are there times when he doesn't want you to give too much? Yeah. Here's one situation is don't give based upon need. Don't let need be your primary motivator in life. Because if, if it is, I tell you what, there is way more need than you have money. We have, we got lots of plans here. I could use all of your money and use it for the kingdom. I could clean you out and we'd be good. <laughs> That doesn't mean necessarily that you're supposed to do it all, though. We all have a part. All right. You ever turn on television, flipping around the TV, and, and someone's doing a uh, feed the hungry thing, and they've got a, a starving child on there, and, and you think, wow, that's terrible. That's horrible. Uh, here's the deal, though. Is it a legitimate need? Probably. Yeah. I mean, someone's hungry. That's a legitimate need. Are you supposed to meet that need? See, that's maybe a yes and it's maybe a no. Is, should the need be met? Yes. Should you do it? Well, you're not God. You're not the provider. And if you've noticed, the Lord isn't moved by needs either. If He were, there would be none. There would be no need anywhere on the earth and there are plenty to go around. The Lord's moved by faith. And we are to be moved by the leading of the Spirit of God when it comes to that giving too much. Okay. Now, now that I've said that and I've eliminated both of you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There may be far more than uh, that I'm giving credit to that right now that are willing and, and, and likely to give over and above what they ought to. But there's a whole lot of people that the whole giving at all, that's an issue. Okay. And it's really a key to their brokenness it's a key to their poverty that they are withholding what they should give now let me give you this uh, this verse here these two verses from the new living translation look listen real close give freely and become more wealthy be stingy and lose everything the generous will prosper those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Wow. And so, when it comes to this principle, and this is again a universal principle, this works for saved and unsaved, God-loving and God-hating. Okay? People can operate by this principle of generosity to their advantage, or they can withhold and send them straight to the poorhouse. Okay? But it, the reason this is difficult for some because you cannot figure it on a calculator. 
It does not make any sense that if I want to get ahead and I want to increase that I shouldn't hold on to and invest and try to increase everything that I have. If I receive $1,000 and I've got $800 in bills and in obligations for me to, to live, then I should take that $200 and by no means give it away because I punch that up and that leaves me with zero. But when you pull out your spiritual calculator that your mind, it doesn't make any sense, this principle will start to come to pass in your life. That if you hold on to it, you're going to the poorhouse, man. But if you will be generous with it, you're on your way to increase and in abundance. Again, it can't work it on the calculator, but if you were to uh, compute this according to the laws of the kingdom and how, and I say the kingdom of God, it works for those who are not saved as well, like I said. But you take stingy and you add withholding to it, you get poverty. You take generous and you add giving, generous plus giving equals prosperity. There is something about how God set this thing up and how we are created and how this works that a closed-fisted person, someone who holds on to stuff, goes down. And it doesn't make any sense mathematically, but the person who gives away the right amount will go up. And there are many, you can read about, you read about people, in the, I've read business, prints, business books in the past of those who are not Christians who recognize this principle of watering others, of refreshing others, and them being refreshed as a result of it. I have in my experience many, many times seen people who consistently and ongoing struggle financially, and they so many times are the same people who give little or nothing away. And can I tell you, I've sat with some people and tried to convince them to give money. I've, I've sat with people and tried to convince them to tithe. And not for any personal benefit. You know, as a pastor, it doesn't come directly to me anyway. But even if they're in, not even associated with our ministry, our church, I've sat with people and said, listen, you are struggling. You are, you got some problems here. You don't make enough money. You've got too many bills. You got this. You got your spending issues and all that. The first thing I need to tell you to do, man, you got to give, you got to start tithing. And I'm telling you this because I love you. I want, I want you to get out of this hole you're in. But I tell you what, if you don't listen to me, you're going to be the same place next year. Maybe worse. You've got to do something to break that cycle. The only thing to do is you've got to start relying on supernatural help. You've got to tap into the principles and promises of God that say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm under anyway. I'm not doing well anyway. Might as well go ahead and act on God's word, act on these principles, and start being generous with people, and be generous with the kingdom, and start giving so that I can start prospering and getting out of this situation. What I found is these situations are not so much a matter of the wallet as they are a matter of the heart. And Because listen, mo- many times people in that situation, they intend to change. They intend to do right as soon as this gets paid off, as soon as I get this raise or this promotion, as soon as this, I'm waiting on this, this inheritance to come in, as soon as this situation works out, then I'll begin. 
I've never seen them begin. I've just seen them struggling year after year. Now, I'm just telling you personal experience and what I've seen in many people. I've got to get people to get over the hump and stop thinking about what they can hold on to and start thinking about what they can give. Okay? And, not, and again, don't give it to me. Man, give it wherever the Lord tells you to give it. Not about that at all. But you've got to break out of that situation of stinginess. Because this principle is working in your life and you're being successful and going broke. Hold on, man. Squeeze it. Squeeze it. Hold tight. Don't let anybody have it. And you'll continue to go downhill with the river. Law of sin and death working in me. Taking you down. Gravity is at work in your life. Taking your finances down, down, down. You must begin to operate in this law. Let me show you one more scripture. Isaiah 32. Isaiah chapter 32. While you're turning, let me read Proverbs again to you. It was just so good. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That's why I said earlier, if I were to experience the very unfortunate and lose everything, I'd be back. I'll be back. (laughs) Why? Because of what I have on the inside. And the same thing's true with many here. We could take everything away from you. And in a matter of time, you'd be back. And the blessing of God would be flowing in your life again. Amen. You know, the rich young ruler that Jesus approached, and this guy wanted to be right with God, kind of, until Jesus told him, your money's in your way. You love it too much. You trust in your riches. He said, give it all away. The guy went away sorrowful. But Jesus told him that. If you read the beginning, it said Jesus looked at the guy and loved him. He's trying to help him. Get that stuff out of the way. Do you think Jesus wanted that, wanted that guy to be broke? No, he wanted him to put his trust in God and not in his riches. And if he'd have given it all away, how many know it had only been a matter of time? Seed sown, either it's true or it's not. He refreshed others, he'd be refreshed himself and probably be better off than ever before. Isaiah 32 and verse 8. Everybody there? It says, But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. Notice what causes him to stand? Generosity does. But what does a gener- generous man do? He's thinking, who can I give to? Who can I bless? He's devising methods, ways to be generous with other people. I got to tell you, if, if generosity is not the way that you think, then you can see how a person like that does think. They're looking for opportunities to be a blessing to someone. Looking for opportunities to give more. They're not thinking, oh, man, I got this extra money, but man, I got to take a tithe right off the top of that junk. They're not the penny-pinching kind of kind of where they're worrying about every little penny. They're looking for opportunities. You know, they're the kind of person that when you go out to eat with them, if you don't watch out, they grab the check before you do. You know, people are fighting for the check. Not like, oh, you take it, you take it. 
No, they're going to, they're the kind of person that, I don't mean you have to do this every time you eat if you're generous, but I'm saying you're looking for opportunities to be a blessing to people. And if, and if you have it in your power to do so, you're looking to, uh, you're looking to pick up the tab wherever you go. You're not, a kind of per, not the kind of person that's complaining about tips. Everybody wants a tip these days. You go to, I mean, I can't believe it. It used to be 10%. Now, then it's 15%. Now it's 20%. Hmm. you're stingy and you're going broke at least you're on that path that's how the broke person thinks that's how the poverty mindset uh, operates we need to be thinking I'm looking to be generous here good another opportunity to tip well you don't take tips I'll go ahead because hmm. you know just we can put this one on the calculator this one doesn't make any sense. People fuss and fuss and have internal combustion and, and, and conflict in their mind over $2 or over $3. You know, in other words, over something small. And they wonder why they can't achieve the, the, the greater realms of, of blessing and prosperity in their lives. And they're fussing over a few dollars. Okay, there's an internal issue there. We've got to start to devise ways to be generous. You know, I've heard from... Uh, too many people who have worked in the restaurant world, serving, waiting and on tables and that thing. And it's sad when you hear about those people in the profession, how they want to avoid working on Sunday afternoon. Why? Because the church is empty out, the restaurants fill up, and they don't make very much money. They get gypped and get these little cheap tips. And some of them are rude, too whatever I tell you what if you're that you did not go to church here this morning <laughs> don't you dare witness to the server hey why don't you come to my church I'm going to give some invitations to you but they're not going to have live church on them <laughs> you don't be handing those cards out unless it, it, it accompanies a, a nice tip Okay, the places around here, they ought to be so glad on Sunday afternoon. Come on now, and let's make it happen. And as our church grows, and I pray other churches to be generous as well, that ought to be the best time to work. Why? Because the town's full of Christians. And those people, they want to bless you. Every now and then, they just give you an extra 20. Just because. Hmm. Amen. Generosity. Ought to be one of our hallmarks. Or you can withhold and go broke. You want to go broke? Here's a surefire way. Don't give. Don't give. Don't give. Hold on. Squeeze it. And you're ready to have it. But let me encourage you this way. Keep money with you cash greenbacks all the time well i'm just running over here i don't need anything i know but somebody else might and if you're devising generous ways things then you're always ready well maybe i can be a blessing to somebody else maybe someone else doesn't have enough or maybe i can just uh you know i'm going through the checkout stand and someone's buying their groceries maybe i can just pick up their tab too imagine that what would they think they'd probably be blown away Probably be shocked. 
Then tell them where you go to church. <laughs> tell them you're a Christian. Yeah, but not, not before. <laughs> Amen. Do you have to do that? No, but be ready. Be ready for the leading of the Spirit. If you're a generous person, you think that way. And then the Lord can prompt you and you'll recognize it. Otherwise, you'll resist it. Say, oh, that's a devil. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Lord doesn't want me to pay for that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So if you want to go broke, there's a couple ways you can do it. We'll, we'll, we'll come back next week and we'll get into some of these things and we'll, uh, we'll give you some more methods whereby you could put into operation some broke principles. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We want to honor you, serve you all of our days. Lord, be a blessing to the kingdom of God and to other people all around us. But thank you that it's not your will that we be broke, but we can operate in the higher laws, can operate in the, spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and elevate above all the things that try to pull us down financially and in every other area. Lord, thank you for giving us wisdom today. Lord, we heed these words. We put them into practice. We're doers of the word and not hearers only. And thank you for the blessing of God that abounds in our lives. May all the world see and know that you're in us, that you're working through us by the things that you have done in us and the things that we do. We give you glory and praise today. Father, I pray for any person that's not saved, anyone that's not on their way to heaven.